Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here at Lighthouse. Thanks for being here today. Really glad to have you all here. Hey, we um, start off every one of our summer series messages with a top 10, so I thought we would dive in deep today, and so we're going to start out with the top 10 most controversial issues in the world. All right, just to get things started right off the bat. So number 10 is capital punishment. We kind of know that one. That's a little bit of controversy. Number nine is marriage equality. Number eight is marijuana legalization which I'll probably tell a little bit of story on that later on in the service. Number seven is transgender rights. Number six is privacy rights. Most of you probably wouldn't have put that one in your top ten, but that's a big deal. Number five is Black Lives Matter. Number four is animal rights. Number three is religious freedom. Any guesses on the top two? Abortion is number two. How about number one? Second Amendment, yeah, gun control. Gun control is number one. So we've been using that to introduce uh, our summer series called Top Ten. It's a summer study on the Ten Commandments. And so we're walking through God's original Top Ten, the Ten Commandments. And today, we'll be actually touching on number six, which... um, really brushes on five of these top 10 controversial issues. So that should be a lot of fun, right? So we're going to actually talk about five of those controversial issues. You can turn to your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20, verse 13. And as you're turning there, just a reminder, the children of Israel left Egypt, went to Mount Sinai, and God spoke to them these 10 commandments. He wanted to make it very clear These are my top 10. And so we covered so far the first five, no other gods, no idols, don't misuse God's name, honor the Sabbath day, and honor your parents. And if you want to get caught up, you can go online and watch those. But today we're going to be studying number six. So Exodus chapter 20, verse 13 says, you shall not murder. All right, that's it. That was our (laughs) our verse. For today, we're going to have Emma come up and do a closing song. <laughs> but you would think it's pretty straightforward, right? In the King James, it says, thou shall not kill. But this verse has been used to substantiate wrong behavior. This verse has been used to fight the wrong thing. It's very confused. Um, culture has gotten this kind of a little bit out of whack. And so this is a little complicated. As I was studying it this week, I didn't really want to talk about any controversy. I really don't. Um, But God said to me, I really believe that we needed to walk through some of these top 10 controversies as well. So our title is, You Shall Not Murder. It's pretty straightforward, but the message is not. Uh, But I'm going to give you some ideas from this sixth commandment. But first, let's pray and uh, pray for the message. So God, I come to you and humbly submit my words to you. And I pray, God, that you would speak through me to us. And Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts to receive from you. 
because we need you, God, in the midst of a culture that is confusing everything and twisting everything. We need to hear your voice cutting through the noise. So Holy Spirit, come. Speak to us today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you can fill this in on your handout if you would like. We break the sixth commandment when we, number one, take an innocent life. Take an innocent life. You shall not murder, is our verse. So I looked up the word murder in the Hebrew, and it's this word that I can't really pronounce, but it's something like rasak. It means to dash in pieces, that is to kill a human being, especially to murder, to put to death. And I did a little study on this and came across this commentary, this paragraph in the Old or the Applied Old Testament commentary, and I thought it was helpful in understanding this word. So let me read this. The sixth commandment is one of the shortest. It is just two words in the original, lo rasak, or don't kill. But what kind of killing does the Bible have in mind? The Hebrew language has at least eight different words for killing. And the one used here has been chosen carefully. The word rasak is never used in the legal system or in the military. There are other Hebrew words for the execution of a death sentence or for the kind of killing that a soldier does in mortal combat. Nor is the word rasak ever used for hunting and killing animals. So the King James Version, which says, thou shalt not kill, is somewhat imprecise. What the commandment forbids is not killing, but the unlawful killing of a human being. The command simply means not to take an innocent life. Now, some people have used that commandment, thou shalt not kill, to fight against corporal punishment, capital punishment, which is number 10 on our list of controversial topics. But when they do, it's imprecise. Murder is defined as killing an innocent human being, not somebody who is convicted of a crime that deserves the, the death penalty. Now, other people have used this command to fight against hunting and raising animals for food. Again, the do not kill. That's number four on our list, animal rights. But again, this command applies towards the killing of human beings, not of animals. The first recorded murder in Scripture is when Cain murdered Abel. You guys kind of remember that. Cain and Abel were Adam and Eve's first two sons. It only took one generation for our evil nature to have somebody kill another. Isn't that amazing? It wasn't like 20 generations. It was really the second generation. Now, what happened was Cain was a farmer, Abel raised sheep, and they both brought their, their bounty to God for an offering. Cain brought his, his produce, and Abel brought a sheep and sacrificed it. And God accepted Abel's sacrifice and didn't accept Cain's. I don't ex exactly know why. My guess is that God understood Cain's heart in all of this because we can see the evil that comes out of his heart. So Cain is upset that Abel, his brother's uh, offering, is accepted and his is not. So let's pick this up in Genesis chapter 4. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. 
While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. God was not happy with Cain for murdering his brother because he took an innocent life. Taking an innocent life is wrong in the eyes of God. Unfortunately, innocent has lost its clear definition in our society anymore. You guys all remember on May 25th, 2020, George Floyd was arrested under a suspicion of using a counterfeit $20 bill. He was not tried. He was not given an attorney. He was not found guilty by a jury of his peers. But a death sentence was carried out by Officer Derek Chauvin, who knelt on his neck for almost 10 minutes until he died. Was George Floyd innocent of passing a counterfeit $20 bill? We don't know. We probably never will know. But one thing we do know, that the, the crime that he was accused of did not warrant the death penalty. Officer Derek Chauvin was tried and convicted of murder, the act of taking an innocent life. Now, as a result, Black Lives Matter gained popularity, and that's number five on our list. There's a lot of controversy around this movement, but at its core, Black Lives Matter tries to emphasize that the human life is important, and we shouldn't judge anyone, right or wrong, based on the color of their skin, whether they're innocent or guilty. I know there was a lot of judgment happening back in 2020, both ways, through that whole controversy. Dr. Martin Luther King said, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. We need to be careful that we don't judge someone as guilty based on the color of their skin. In our legal system, and I would even say, I believe in Scripture, that people are innocent until proven guilty. So as a people of Christ, let's not be quick to condemn those who might actually be innocent, even though the court of, cult of cultural opinion would say otherwise. Murder is taking an innocent life. So innocent is hard to define in our culture. But life, life has been redefined in our culture as well. Abortion is a hot topic. It's number two on our list of controversial issues. And so what I want to do is I want to read a Facebook post that I, that I did on this topic back in 2018. It was right when we were starting the church. Um, I think I was trying to thin out the crowd right away by talking about abortion. But I want to read this because 
Uh, even though some of the context is a little bit different from several years ago, uh, the message is still the same. And it came up in my, my feed the last couple of weeks. So the title was Silent Screams. This past week, I was reflecting on how upset people get when someone is bullied and it is caught on video. The example of someone getting their hat taken off and Pepsi thrown at them, or when someone was yelled at because they were wearing a certain t-shirt. Our culture is so anti-bullying that anyone seen as a bully is hated immediately. We are certain, certainly hypersensitive to bullying. As I was thinking about this, I believe it was God who brought to my mind the fact that thousands of unborn babies are being bullied every day and very little is heard about it. It is the worst kind of bullying. Their opportunity to live is taken away from them. Why isn't this going viral? Why aren't people flooding the streets in protest? Why can't we pass a law to prevent it? That was before Roe v. Wade was overturned. Maybe it's because the babies can't speak for themselves. Maybe it's because videos aren't being produced and placed on social media. Maybe it's because their screams in pain can't be heard in the womb. We will spend millions of dollars to save the life of one baby born premature. We do this because we know that life is precious. The entire world was fixated on 12 boys and their coach who were stranded in a cave needing to be rescued. This is because the human life is invaluable. I just don't understand why we can't stop the killing of babies who are on the wrong side of the womb. Let there be no question that Jesus is pro-life, and so am I. Guys, this is a topic that we need to clearly understand where God is at. God says very clearly in Scripture that life begins in the womb. Psalms 139 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God's eyes are on the unborn. He has a plan for them. He has a purpose for them long before their birthday. Jeremiah 1.5, God is speaking to Jeremiah and he says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah was given the destiny of being a prophet before he was born. God's eyes are on the unborn. To take this life is breaking the sixth commandment. I don't believe we as Christians are supposed to sit quietly by while the world, while the world continues to take these innocent lives. Proverbs 31, 8 through 9 says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. For the rights of all who are destitute, speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. So even though abortion is a controversial topic, we should speak up against the taking of innocent lives. And I do want to say, if you are in this place and you have had an abortion or you know someone who has had an abortion, there is grace for them. 
There is grace and forgiveness. It is not a sentence on you for the rest of your life. But just because we can empathize with somebody in their difficult situation does not make the taking of an innocent life okay in God's eyes. So, so far we've talked about four of the top 10 controversial topics. Capital punishment, animal rights, Black Lives Matter, and abortion. So if you're not offended yet, there's still one more. <laughs> Let's talk about gun control. Ouch, right? As most of you know, I'm a hunter. I have several guns, and I use those to provide food for our family. And, uh, and so I, I appreciate the privilege of having those guns. But the issue behind gun control is not hunting. It's the fact that these weapons are sometimes used to murder the innocent. In the case of the recent school shootings, it's the murder of dozens of innocent children. Guys, this is a tragedy in our society. Gun, gun control is about getting the guns out of the hands of people who shouldn't have them. Now, we all struggle with this. We all struggle with this, but I don't think any one of us would have a problem with getting the guns out of the right hands. We just don't know who they are. In our culture today, we have a whole generation that is growing up being programmed about murder. According to the American Psychological Association, by the time the average child finishes elementary school, he or she will have watched 8,000 televised murders and 100,000 acts of on-screen violence. And things are getting worse. The New York Times comments, if you have the impression that movies today are bloodier and more brutal than ever in the past and that their body counts are skyrocket skyrocketing, you are absolutely right. The people committing these crimes are getting younger and younger. Have you noticed that? People who are behind gun control have a valid point. It's hard to argue that point. But even though I want the, wep the freedom to own my weapons and to hunt, I haven't seen in Scripture yet where God says, I have the right to bear arms. Guys, that's in our Constitution, not our Bible. It is a privilege and a right in our country today, but let's not confuse it with Scripture. Here's your fill-in. Let's be careful to separate constitutional rights from biblical promises. I hope that we maintain these freedoms in America today, but they could come and go. Biblical promises will never go away. Those we can stand by, those we can count on. So that's your first point. And five controversial topics. We break the sixth commandment when we take an innocent life. Here's your second point. We break the sixth commandment when we hate in our heart. When we hate in our heart. Jesus knew these the Ten Commandments, very, very well. He had studied them, he had researched them, talked about them. But he knew the reason behind the commandments, and especially this one. This one was about our hearts. 
more than our action. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says this, You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, You shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject, will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar, first go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. So when it comes to murder... Just because you didn't commit the act of murder, taking an innocent life, that wasn't good enough. If you wanted to kill somebody, if you had that in your heart, that was a sin. And God cares about our hearts. He cares about our hearts. And I, and I would say over the last couple of years, there's been so much controversy. We just talked about some of those issues, but there's so many more. It is easy to get caught up and to get angry and hateful and even carry some anger and hate in our hearts. We can even hate people that we've never met. Isn't that weird? I mean, we've, we've never met some of these people, and yet, and they don't know us either, and yet, in our hearts, we're carrying around anger and hatred towards them. Unnecessarily. I already shared this um, in a sermon before, but I'll, I'll say it again. There was a time when I was carrying some anger, maybe even hatred towards an individual who had offended me. And so I remember spending some time with God and God said, hey, Clint, I see this, this anger. It might even be hatred in your heart. And I'm like, yeah, I see it too. It's kind of how me and God talk. And I wasn't ready to let go of it, you know, and God said, hey, I just want to remind you that my love cannot mix with your hate. And if you want my love in your heart, you're going to have to get rid of your hate. And that was hard. Because you know the way that you get rid of hate is you forgive. Luke chapter 6, verse 37 says, Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Guys, when we carry anger and hatred and unforgiveness in our hearts, it is our responsibility to take care of it. Jesus said, if, if somebody has something against you, leave your gift at the altar. Basically, leave your church service and go and be reconciled with that person. He didn't say, if they say, I'm sorry. He didn't say, if they make up for it. He didn't say any of those conditions. He said, Go and try to be reconciled with that individual. It is up to us to take that first step, to initiate reconciliation. Romans chapter 12, verse 17 says, Do not repay anyone for evil, anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. 
If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I have seen over the last couple of years, I've seen several followers of Christ crash and burn because of the evil in our society. And they have allowed evil to overcome them. And I would say, for the most part, it's this area of anger and hatred. We get so mad towards individuals who aren't doing the right things. And in those cases, we are being overcome by evil. And Christ would say, no, no, no. Overcome evil by doing good. So God has called us to love those who are unlovable, to be kind to those who are unkind, to show love in the face of hate. And I will tell you, it'll be better for you. And it will be better for the kingdom of God if his followers are able to show love in the midst of trial. Jesus, by the way, would never ask us to do something that he wasn't willing to do himself. In fact, many, many times he modeled it in his life. If you ever wonder what you're supposed to do with your life, just look at what Jesus did and follow it. But on the cross, when he was hanging there with nails in his hands, spike in his feet, bleeding to death, struggling to get his last breath, down in front of him were the soldiers that nailed him to the cross, that mocked him and beat him, and put a crown of thorns on his head. And they're gambling for his clothes. And he says this prayer. He says in Luke chapter 23, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. In his last breaths, Jesus was releasing anger and hatred and unforgiveness by praying for his persecutors. We've never been crucified and nailed to a cross. And yet it's difficult for us to forgive. You can fill this in. Forgiving others is difficult, but it is for our good. Every single time, it is for our good. All right, in closing, I'm going to invite Emma to come up here. She's going to sing a song. For some of you, this might be familiar. Uh, for others, you might be hearing this for the first time. But it's called For the One by Brian and Jen Johnson. And I want to read the first verse and the chorus. It says this, Let me be filled with kindness and compassion for the one, the one in whom you love and gave your son for humanity. Increase my love. Help me to love with open arms like you do, a love that erases all the lines and sees the truth. Oh, that when they look in my eyes, they would see you, even in just a smile, they would feel the Father's love. So last night, we took our young adults up to Michigan and we went kayaking. And we had a great time. And at the end, we were coming out and one of the things I didn't realize was that in Michigan anyway, kayaking meant that you would park your, your canoes, your kayaks along the river and smoke pot and drink because that's what was happening 
Not in our group, but in the groups that we went around. And so we, we were waiting for some of our team to, to catch up to us. We're at the, the place at the end where we had parked, and a fight broke out between a couple of individuals that had probably smoked too much and drank too much, but it was a man and a woman. And uh, he threw her down. She chased him down. There were uh, punches being thrown. And I ran over there, and they got separated before I got there. But this guy was irate. And they were holding, his friends were holding him down. The lady went off to safety, and he was just screaming all kinds of four-letter words. And um, they finally let him up, and I was trying to get our group into our cars, and, and he started just kind of jumping around, running around, screaming, looking for this lady, I believe. And uh, he kept coming towards me, trying to defend his point. I don't know why he was coming towards me. I didn't tell him I was a pastor or anything, but he was coming towards me. And um, I was getting angry, and, and I just was like, if he comes one step closer, I'm going to take him out. And that's just basically it. Or if he comes one step closer to some of our team, he was going to be in trouble. Now, fortunately, he didn't, by the grace of God, and they settled him down, and the police came and took him away. Um, but that night, last night, I'm laying in bed, and I'm just like, you know how you get that anger towards an individual? I was just replaying when he threw her down, and I was replaying when he was in my face, and, and I was letting that anger and maybe even hatred form in my heart towards that one. Guys, we are faced with situations, maybe not that dramatic, but every day where we have to choose to forgive an individual. I don't even know this person's name. And I had to take time during first service and just get on my knees and forgive because I don't want hatred, my hatred, to prevent God's love from being in my heart. So what we're going to do... Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofinner.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.